Okay, super. How are you today? <laughs> I'm very well. Excellent. My name is Julia Eckert. I'm German and I live in Brussels. Um, I'm a viola player and also a programmer at Kyoto Workspace, also here in Brussels. At the workspace I'm making together with my colleagues Carolina and Henry, I'm making the program. We, we receive the residents, we listen to the residents and we make research projects from, the, from what we hear. As a viola player, I have been classical training, I have done some improvisation also, and since some years now I am mostly working with um, composer Elian Radig, about whom I also made recently a book. Well, I think the interest to sound came via music, because initially, of course, I like to play music. And I think I could even say that I like more to play it than to listen to it. Still today, I do not listen to much music. I guess that step by step, I realized that sound is something that you can ask many questions about, but also something with which you can ask many questions. It's also like a means of research somehow. Like with sound, you can understand many more layers of of society or of knowledge or of, of many things than with intellectual tools, I would say. Um, and I guess that mostly I understood this through working with other people. I think it's mostly other people who, who showed this to me somehow, that there's more, um, there's more in sound than music. One time I, I was asked by somebody, why did, what do you like in music? And I think that if I remember back when I was a child why I liked to play music, I think it's because it was such an organized world, somehow. Then sound, of course, uh, is a, a, a totally chaotic thing, actually, which, which passes on totally other waves than music, often. So do you see them as kind of two different um, practices? This kind of sound and, sound music. and music for you? Um, well, n not necessarily, but there's like, it could be somehow. It's, it's two different vantage points, maybe, I, I would imagine. Also because there is a big difference between, I mean, less and less with technology, less, it's less and less, but I think there is a difference between listening to music and playing music. I think it, does, it's, it has a different benefit for you, for yourself. YouTube was in the beginning a music ensemble. So this was like in the year 1995, when you were probably like two years old or something. Six. Six years old, you see. Um, then I was, a, I was a student and I was interested in, in contemporary music um, and I wanted to play the music of friends, but I wanted also to discover 
the sort of um, yeah like the the those people like Cage and so you know like these people who had written um, which was already history but was which was still contemporary music so we were a music ensemble and more and more it it went in in um, in directions of making more projects than just programs I think so projects also in collaboration with with people from other fields you know like uh, for some time for example I had a trio with a dancer and a video maker these sort of things and then it became more and more um, the, the concentration on process and, and research and then I think it was just some, some sort of a logical next step that when there was in 2006 there was the possibility to ask subsidies as a laboratory and that was just for very much for us the right thing and from then we have um, really structural subsidies and a space very important uh, the space this space this space where we had first other spaces but now it's it's i think it is really, the physical space uh, is really very important yeah this is a really nice space yes. <laughs> <laughs> programs, labels, also institutions. Um, it was like such a tremendous under-representation. I, I thought there must be a, a good reason for this somehow. It was also what, um, what I heard here. I was also actually um, often very astonished that, I mean, I receive here at QO2, I receive proposals. And it was for many years, it was like, uh, I needed a looking glass for the women making proposals to me, to me a woman, you see. So like certainly nine from ten proposals came from men. And uh, when this discussion about gender equity started, I really needed to look for them. I needed, really needed to invite women, you know, like come <laughs> or propose or, or do something. And then no, no, no. And with much less uh, confidence, women would would come. But I think that maybe in hindsight, I'm also, if I'm really very honest, I was also maybe biased sometimes to certain um, certain ways of expression or to certain contents. So like female voice in certain in certain styles, I didn't like so much, you know, this sort of stuff. So I think there was a, there were many questions also for myself. Then it was something that many of the residents here had have addressed speaking and then usually quite interestingly hidden. It was something that was not so openly addressed for, for many years. It was like more um, little remarks, you know, many prejudices also, like which I could understand in, in remarks. Oh yeah, female music, well, that's very soft, you know, this sort of stuff where you think, hmm, where do you get this from? And um, I think actually, most of all, it was probably really my own questions I, for, for myself, you know, I mean, for myself as a woman in the field, why do I, what do I really receive of discrimination? What do I also presume 
already from beforehand, where do I discriminate myself, in fact, already, you know, before even entering the field. Also because I think that I have really very many, many years I have always taken these, these very typically female roles, like among many other things, of course, organizing everything looking that everybody is fine, you know, everybody's happy and that there's enough to eat, you know, <laughs> this sort of stuff. Um, and which actually is not a bad role. It's just the problem is not that the, the role is wrong, but that the valuing of it is wrong somehow. So these were many questions in myself, really, I think. And and I think the the... I enjoyed very much the first part, so I, I wanted to ask questions about this, I wanted to research about it, because I considered this to be a research laboratory. And because I'm not really um, like a, a word person somehow, I collaborated with a dramaturg, you see this, say this, dramaturg? Mm -hmm. A woman from the theater, Lene de Grave, she's also on the, in the book. And so um, formulating these questions, I think that was a very, interesting and, for me, illuminating process. What does this actually have to do with? It has to do with many things. It has to do uh, with like how you see yourself. It has also to do with jealousy, with concurrence. How do you face these sort of things which are there in the field? Well, it has to do with money. It has also to do with private situations, like um, do you have children or not? You know, this is of course a huge um, thing. And then how do you deal with this? Mm -hmm. For example, it was for me quite a, 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 um, an experience that when I had children, I was just really not asked anymore because people thought already before, oh yeah, sure, she has no time. She made that, that choice, you see. So how do you deal with this towards yourself, but also do it towards the others? This, so these were, I think, questions very interesting to, um, to address. And then I, didn't, I did not really know what would come out. I mean, this was a super long survey, like uh, some people had really invested many hours. And um, we got quite a lot of response, and these responses, they were really quite open, very honest, really generous, but then also full of amb ambiguities, and e even the same person would say here, that, that and there's something else. And, the, and um, so I can say, well, the book then, so we thought, what can we do with this material? And we thought, we make a book, because it's as if it's this book, you know, it's just like, it was very, very alive somehow. We, we sorted it in three chapters, or main chapters somehow. One is paradigm and otherness, uh, which is like, that was very clear. People still feel this, there's this norm, and everybody else has to sort of navigate in between. The importance of the of the field then, how to navigate this field, how to deal with collaboration and finding jobs simply and so And then also the question about gendered music and this I think that was a very 
fascinating discovery for me that there is a connection. Well, I think what surprised me is actually how little we know. If we know more, you know, then also this sort of spell which comes from um, musical representation can be broken. You can then make really different choices, but informed choices somehow. You can, you can determine yourself what you want to make, what you want to listen to, what you, where you put criteria for quality, for example. Um, and not anymore, like when I studied, sometimes I thought I listened to some, you know, like Boulez or Stockhausen, and I think, hmm, I should like this. But actually, it did nothing to me. So I can now say, well, I just don't like it. It doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> I'm much more uh, addressing the topic without any complex. I'm also well speaking about it quite a lot. I'm actually quite astonished how much how much interest there is about people to hear about it. Um, but I also for for making things I I am less in doubt. Let's say you see. I mean I'm I'm more. Um, I, I don't care really so much <laughs> if other people like it or not or something, um, or if it if it meets any sort of standard. So, it, in fact, for example, when I'm composing, I, I consider myself really a hobby composer. I compose maybe once in three years or in three years or something, uh -huh. and I really don't care. I, I can I can perfectly be happy now being a hobby composer, let's say. And if, you wouldn't have felt that way before? No, no. Before I wouldn't have shown it. I would have made it but not shown it. Ah. Yeah, because I was sure it wouldn't meet any sort of standards and so who, who could be interested in this? I also think that, the, that the, the general climate is much more open for such considerations now than, for example, 10 years ago. Must be said also. Eh? So this is yeah. my personal decision and I feel quite really sort of part of a of a movement or of a wave or of a paradigm shift maybe even but so it's both I think it's it's myself but it's also the others yes totally Do you think you could discuss a bit your working relationship with Elian and how it perhaps informs your creative process? 
in working with her, there was sort of an, an, an like a beginning of an answer to me what could be really maybe different in, I mean, if there could be a difference between men, men's and women's music. And I think it could be um, found, of course, you cannot hear it, but it could be somehow maybe found in ways of collaborating. And also not always. I'm, I'm, I mean, it also depends very much on how you're socialized and all these sort of things. But how she is uh, very generous about ownership, let's say. I think that was like, because we, we she, she does not write anything. Eh? So this is a very important detail, I think. It's just really only by sharing mental images. So in the end, you could you could very well say, but who's actually making the piece? Is this she or is this, he, is this me? Is she the composer or am I actually making her piece? I have heard these discussions with, with, the, with the musicians. For me, this was never a question and I really don't care so much also. This, I think, maybe in a way embodied somehow some of, of my questions. Very, very recently somebody said to me, yeah, but she was not, she's also not the only one who, who um, concentrated so much on, on this sharing and on listening first, you know, and all these sort of things. And it's true that, of course, there were many more people, right? like Pauline Oliveros, um, like in the first place probably even. Um, and that, I would think, has also a lot to do with uh, technology. Um, that there was this technology at hand for that generation, um, which sort of allowed to to make another music than than this serialism and everything which which built, which was officially somehow building on on the old old music, because Eliane Radig she she uh, she says that she sees herself in classical music tradition, which I think is was actually interesting to to understand that this is her, um, this is where she builds on. It's not as if she wants to create a new, a new sort of discipline, which is sound art, not at all. She wants to have like a piece with a narrative, you know, with a beginning and an end, a development, even if it's very minimal. So that there is a sort of a, an, an answer to, or to sort of, a, um, a sort of bypassing, I would say, of, of all this hyper-intellectualization um, which has followed serialism. The score is essentially in your minds when you are working mm -hmm. together? Exactly, yeah. And you share this through verbal communication mm -hmm. and listening to each other? So how it, how it works is that she has, for this piece in any case that I'm part of, this last one, which is a series, which is in the meantime has many, like, I don't know, 70 piece, pieces or something like this. And it's, it's very important for her that she has met each performer first individually. And so this is, um, I would say it's not even like a, a composer-performer relationship, but even more maybe a sort of education. 
So you go and she, she gives you the general image, which is this, this idea of everything is waves. Huh? So she, she always gives this idea of she, where she has seen once in, in a science museum, uh, all the waves uh, of the world, let's say. I mean, everything is waves. This is also waves. Huh? And this glass is very waves. We just only do not perceive them. So we perceive such a tiny, tiny little bit in the form of, for example, sound or also television, you know, light and so forth. But it's just a very, very tiny little bit. And she brings this to understand this, this sort of craziness um, or this realization, which you cannot really understand, I think, as a human. She brings this down to water because water is also waves and we all, this is tangible can be water in many forms. It can be uh, everywhere, or it can be rain, or um, like the seaside, whatever, these, these things. And so this is individual. Each of us has an, has an image, and we play the image. And then she says yes or no. And I think for me it's quite also quite important how she listens. I guess that this is quite um, sort of a way to guide how she is very, very... Uh, intense in listening and I must also say that she's the the only composer I've ever worked with who can be really moved like listening to this and this is like it's it's a it's sort of a, it turns this this relationship upside down in a way I mean I have worked with many composers where um, this is wrong and there and it's too loud and it's too, uh, you know, like this and it was always my fault, you know, even, even this notion of fault, this doesn't exist then anymore. And here it's, um, it's really, um, well, she gives me, I give her, you know, this is this idea, of course, she's, she's also Buddhist and I think this probably influences it quite a bit also. Um, but it's it's also really like only this this mental thing that she she tells an image, and she has maybe something totally different in her head than I do. But somehow through this through this piece or this sound, um, we can make it meet. She would not say that she's for gender equity or this sort of things. For for her, this is she acknowledges this, but she has not this feminist sort of fight like Pauline Oliveros had. Mm-hmm. And I, which for the generation, I think is quite understandable also because um, I think you were very easily then set aside as as, uh, as somebody fighting for feminism unless you had your own community like Pauline Oliveros then. I think that it's definitely something that is um, now sometimes too much forgotten that you need research time in in art. Like it's, art became so much focused on production and and by the way I think it's also really um, really wrong to to now with all these austerity politics the art fields everywhere they say but we are also producing money you know we're also producing value and so I think it's such a wrong discourse actually Um, and so an an artist residency yeah it's like um, 
why shouldn't why should artists not not need time to to fi find to experiment find reflect and why should that not be also a very important and shareable thing because i i guess that it's 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 totally right that during an artist residency what what the artists do is not it's not for a bigger public it's not anything that it's immediately possible to understand what the, what they are doing let's say but some of it is shareable i think and that's maybe what we would here sort of try to work on that it's not only just a performance that you can um, that you can after afterwards participate to or so or, or even watch only or listen but that it's really that the sense is also really in the making itself um, so that that could be nice but it's of course it's not so not so easy to get that across I think we know this <laughs> <laughs> quite well yeah. well I think that the value is is like very difficult to determine immediately. I mean, I think it, the value is definitely knowledge um, and not money. So this here would already uh, start. And then of course the value is there for the artists themselves, let's say. And I think it's, it would be a lie to say the, the, the value is there in the first place for the public. I think you cannot, it's like, it's like in the airplane where they say you, if there, there's oxygen loss, then you have to put on the mask first yourself and only then to your kid, let's say. Yeah? So it's, it's um, the, the artist must be first well her or himself, let's say, yeah? and knowledgeable and knowing what, what they do and, and so forth. And then the knowledge which comes out here, we cannot control. I really think that this, sometimes it's, it's only years after, sometimes it's immediately, sometimes it's by with one person that you meet sometimes this one person speaks immediately to, to, to many other people um, I, I guess that um, why why won't, would we want to quantify this I mean I understand that um, we need to quantify it because because of the politics um, but I guess that it's it's too easy to to do it in such a way and not to address that it should also be another value although it's 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 a good uh, it's actually something that i'm now very very much interested in too, from all this um questioning about gender and the relation between well i mean i think gender in relation to music became for me the relation between the music and the and a person or in a situation let's say and i think that from here what now I have really like, it was like beep beep, like this many times flagging up the, the word quality. It's also something which I, which I have heard many times when I was in panels, for example, that people say to me, well, but like curators, huh? like of, of big festivals and so they say, well, when I do 50-50 um, quota, the quality of my program goes down. You know, this is a, 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 like a, a dead, how do you say, like like that thing. Like, okay, what, what do you say then? But also in many other, um, so like, I have read quite a little bit also, and um, quality is something which comes up 
many times and it means each time something different. So I actually, this isn't what I want to what I want to search for next is what that does that actually mean because it, it has lost its real meaning. It has lost the meaning of um, idiosyncrasy, of specificity, of character, um, material, or all these sort of things. Um, and it it became instead something to say this is good or bad, without even saying what is good and what is bad. But it's like the thinking in binaries. It's this old story. And so I think it, it would be like a good thing to also here to sort of scratch the surface and to say, where is actually the, actually the misunderstanding? I, I would like to know. Um, and what, what, how can it be determined really so that it does justice to, to, the, to the music and not serves only to discredit some people and credit others. <laughs>